1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
2: When a doctor's wife is murdered in her own horse barn, the only eyewitnesses can't answer any questions.
3: How could that happen? A few feet from her home, who was it, why?
4: Police struggle to rein in a killer who's covered his tracks. It was definitely a scary feeling for everybody. And detectives
2: can't help wondering, was this a red hot crime of passion
5: or a cold hearted act of cruelty? I had been a police officer for 13 years
2: at the time, but this was the first real whodunit murder. Police are left in the dark, until a mysterious phone call sheds some light on the killer. He's a cold-blooded killer, and he was gonna shoot it out with the police. How well do you know your neighbors? What lies behind the white picket fences? Life is pretty quiet in the rural township of Wantage, New Jersey. But the small burg does have one big claim to fame and it's a story of legendary proportions.
4: Lots of people have claimed that they've seen Bigfoot before, you know, in the area. Personally, I haven't, but I always look for him still sometimes I'm out.
2: But if 48-year-old local Christine Sherman ever came across Bigfoot, her good friend Ginny Latell is convinced this laid-back lady would charm him.
3: There was never any drama around Chris. It was always, can I help you, and what can we do, and what are we doing? So I think if I were to describe her, it would be a calm, giving person.
2: It's the type of easygoing attitude that not only makes her Jenny's friend, but also a popular influence around the Wantage community.
3: Whenever we would have social gatherings or anything, she was always um, a solid presence, I guess is how I would describe her.
2: And the Wantage community isn't the only thing Christine cares about. Christine's devoted to her husband, Dr. Alan Sherman, and their two 20-something children.
3: Chris's world was always um, about the family. And she was busy, but never too busy to do things with her children and take them places. And Christine's
2: kind-hearted nature is just what the doctor ordered for her job as a registered nurse. Christine and her physician husband run a flourishing general medicine practice on their family farm. Um,
3: I think for Chris, that was the American dream. What better place to be than helping her husband do his work so that was a perfect arrangement.
2: And you'd be hard pressed to find a person around town who isn't a patient of the Sherman's family practice.
3: If somebody got a bruise or a cut, you'd run to the house and Chris would take care of you. It was always more about, what can we do for the community? So they were busy.
2: But after her husband hires additional nurses at the practice, and with her kids in college, Christine decides to take on a hobby that's always been near and dear to her
3: heart. She fell in love with horses, and it was a passion. So for her, it wasn't work. It was something that she loved and enjoyed. In
2: fact, Christine adores her furry friends so much that she decides to start her own boarding business in the barn, and her customers have no complaints about the care.
3: You could live in the barn. I mean, it was beautiful and um, it was not huge, but it had all the bells and whistles that made it easy for her to take care of her animals.
2: Sure seems like Christine is living on cloud nine in the Garden State. With a budding business and a steady family life, she couldn't ask for much more. Little does she know, she's coming to the end of the trail. On the evening of Tuesday, September 15, 1992, Officer Robert Billings is on a routine patrol in Wantage. With only six years on the force, Billings is about to experience his trial by fire. Christine's husband, Dr. Sherman, has just phoned the New Jersey State Police with an emergency.
1: I wasn't too far from the call when it came in, only a mile or two. So it didn't take me all that long to get there.
2: Once he arrives at the farm, Officer Billings realizes he's in for a long night. Dr. Sherman and his daughter meet him outside the horse barn and Christine's husband has a shocking diagnosis. His wife's inside, and her condition is dire.
1: He explained to me he took her pulse, that there was no pulse, she was deceased. Dr. Sherman tells the
2: officer that his daughter found Christine dead after returning home from class at a local college, and that she ran to get his help.
1: She had a bunch of different emotions you could tell going through her. She went from sad and crying to angry.
2: But oddly, Dr. Sherman's demeanor is the polar opposite. He's
1: as cool as a cucumber. There was no tears, no excitement. He wasn't hysterical. Uh, Like you might if you found a spouse or loved one dead. And when
2: Officer Billings steps inside the barn and spots Christine's body, he's even more surprised by the doctor's stoic reaction.
1: The barn was well lit, the floor was concrete, and only a few steps in, Mrs. Sherman was down, prone, face down with her head turned. Basically, she was on her belly. At first glance, Christine's cause of death isn't readily apparent. There was very very little blood, so the theories were maybe if she got hit, kicked by a horse, we didn't know if she fell, hit her head on something, or what the case was.
2: Luckily, Dr. Sherman points to a clue that may help police figure out the cause of Christine's mysterious demise. A wound behind her ear that sure looks like it was made by a bullet. But how did Dr. Sherman find the wound so quickly? Was it because he was the one who pulled the trigger? Knowing that's a possibility, Billings tells the doctor to stop the examination so he doesn't ruin any
1: evidence. And I told him, don't touch anything until we figure out what's going on. I understand your wife, I understand you're a doctor, but don't touch a thing. We need to preserve the entire scene.
2: When a quick look around gives no hints as to what happened at the Sherman farm, Officer Billings knows he needs to call for some backup. James, so he brings in a guy who's solved a mystery or two in his day. With 27 years on the force, there's no better detective for the job than Chris Andrzejczyk. And for this officer, his dream of becoming a policeman is a bit
6: elementary. As a kid, I read Sherlock Holmes novels and uh, followed police stories on TV. I used to watch Dragnet. Being a police officer was really all I ever thought about doing. But when this detective arrives at the scene, he knows it's going to be pretty
2: tough to get just the facts.
6: When I got the call for this case, I, I... I had a feeling that there was something more to this. It didn't appear to be of the nature of some type of accident that happened. And immediately we were leaning towards a homicide. And the location of the wound and position of her body gives police another idea. There is some indication that the wound that Christine Sherman sustained is a defensive wound. Her arm may have been up or in some type of position that she wasn't caught by surprise. Sure looks like her husband could have done it
2: or perhaps someone else she knows well is to blame. But the gunshot wound isn't the only clue to her killer. Police spot something in the mud
6: just outside of the barn. There were footprints found at the scene uh, leading from the barn towards the woods in the back of the property. Perhaps the boot prints were
2: left by Christine's killer as he was fleeing the scene. And when the police follow the prints into the woods, they find something else her attacker may have left
6: behind. We did find a piece of candy, and the candy seemed like it had recently been dropped in that area. it wasn't there overnight or for an extended period of time. Maybe the perp dropped the candy after committing the dirty deed.
2: The suite looks like hard evidence, but it does little to clear up a bigger question. Why
6: would someone murder Christine Sherman? We went through a number of theories of why this may have occurred. The barn was not ransacked, although a robbery was not out of the question. But it wasn't obvious to us at first that this was a burglary. And that brings Detective Andrzejczyk
2: back to the most obvious suspect, Christine's husband, Alan Sherman. So detectives hightail it up to the main house, where Alan is consoling his daughter.
6: And like Officer Billings, the detective is struck by the doc's lack of emotion. Dr. Sherman was was very calm, remarkably calm. Uh, given this situation. He was upset naturally, but something struck me, like he was holding something back. Perhaps he's keeping a stiff upper
2: lip for the sake of his children, or maybe he's hiding a dark secret. Hoping for some answers, police turn to Christine's BFF, Ginny Littell,
3: and what she tells them may be enlightening. People did talk about Dr. Sherman Was there a motive there? There's always conjecture that maybe trouble in paradise. Anything is possible.
2: And some of the couple's other friends are also curious whether after 25 years of marriage, the bloom is off the rose. Maybe Dr. Sherman
6: wanted out and decided to make it a final exit. In speaking with friends of the Sherman family and people that knew the doctor, there was some indication that there were problems in the marriage. And that makes police even more suspicious of this stoic spouse. Most murders, statistically, were committed by someone the victim knew. And so you start with a small circle, and you work your way out, and you look for family members that might have a motive. Was
2: Christine's murder the result of a marriage on the rocks? And if so, will police find the evidence to trap Dr. Sherman between a rock and a hard place?
7: Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
2: In Wantage, New Jersey, farm animals outnumber residents. And there's even a roadside zoo that puts wild animals in this zip code, too. Zookeeper and former mayor Parker Space recalls that Wantage locals were shocked when Christine Sherman was found murdered
4: in her very own horse barn. When something like that happens, I think everybody's suspicions can definitely start to arouse. So it it was definitely a scary feeling for everybody. Luckily, on the very night of Christine's death, Police already
2: have
6: a suspect in their sights, her hubby, Dr. Alan Sherman. My instincts were telling me to look at Dr. Sherman a little closer because we felt that he was holding something back, that he wasn't being entirely forthcoming. He wasn't being candid with us, but we just didn't know why. So, detectives asked Doc Sherman a
2: few more questions. Perhaps the Shermans' picture perfect marriage isn't as photogenic as it seems. Did this unhappy husband decide the only way out was to do away with his better half? And if he did, was his motive love or money?
6: There's a number of reasons why a spouse may kill. The obvious reasons are life insurance policy, financial gain, an affair. But Dr. Sherman tells police
2: there isn't another woman in the mix. And he's clearly taken aback by the suggestion.
6: So they jump right in and ask for Christine's insurance coverage. There was a life insurance policy, but uh, again, that was not something that pointed us in the direction of, of Dr. Sherman or any of her family members. The family was not in any financial difficulty. Christine's life insurance policy wouldn't have made a difference. And when
2: pressed about his whereabouts earlier that night, Dr. Sherman insists he was in his home office, a short walk from the barn. He goes on to say he never saw or heard anything suspicious. To check his alibi, detectives ask his receptionist and head nurse to return to the farm to answer a few
6: questions. And when they do, they confirm the doctor's story. They closed the office at about 8 o'clock at night, and they walked out to the parking lot of the office with Dr. Sherman, and they had a brief conversation. And that was right around the time police believe
2: Christine was killed. But the staffer's story doesn't stop there. Seems they noticed something that could spin the case in a new direction. As the women drove off in their separate cars to go home, they both saw some suspicious
6: activity just outside the barn. They described what they saw as either a black male or a dark-skinned male running from the barn. At the
2: time, Dr. Sherman's staff thought it was a farmhand helping out Christine, so they kept on driving. If what the nurse and receptionist say is true, it means Dr. Sherman couldn't have been the shooter, since he was up in his house elsewhere on the property. But why didn't the doctor hear the gunshots, with his house only a stone's throw away? Either Alan Sherman is hard of hearing, or he's up to no good. Could he
6: be covering for the killer? I've had cases where there is murder for hire, so it ruled out Dr. Sherman potentially as being the the person who actually committed the act, but not as a person that may still have been involved in this. And if Dr. Sherman is
2: involved, that would explain why he's so standoffish with police. But who was the ghostly figure seen running from the barn? If this
6: was a hit, perhaps the doctor knows exactly who this mystery man is. Dr. Sherman was asked if there was a reason an African-American male would have been in a barn. Was there anyone that had a relationship with the family? His answer was no, that there was no reason an African-American would have been in a barn on that day. Before police can figure out who this man might be, they ask the doctor one more question. Does he have any weapons in the house? Our investigation into this case indicated that the Dr. Sherman did own firearms. So police collect the doctor's
2: rifles and sidearms, and wait for the crime lab to determine if any match the bullet wound in Christine's head. But for now, it's been a long night. Detectives bid the doc and his staffers goodbye, hoping the coroner will be able to fill in some blanks in the morning. After all, besides the footprints,
6: police don't have much else to work with. There was no evidence found at the scene directly linking us to the murderer. There wasn't any fingerprints, there wasn't anything that we could work with immediately at the scene. Good thing the next day, the
2: coroner does dig up a doozy. He determines Christine was shot to death with a 38 caliber bullet. Could it be from one of her husband's pistols? Was the shooter someone local, Christine's husband hired? maybe even giving him the murder weapon. But when the crime lab
6: checks his weapons, it seems detectives have missed their target. There was nothing that would have matched the wound that we found on, on Christine Sherman or all the projectile that came out of Christine Sherman. Keeping
2: Dr. Sherman
6: on hold, police cast a wider net.
2: Searching for an unidentified gunman on the loose, they pull out their own secret weapon. They whistle for man's best friend
6: hoping their trusty snouts will lead them to the person who left the footprints. Canine units tend to be very accurate. They're they're great for tracking. And when these pooches enter the woods just behind the barn where Christine was killed, the dogs sniff out a clue that changes the course of the investigation. The canines led the search team approximately two miles away from the barn to an apartment complex where there was a suspect that could potentially be involved in this case. When police knock on doors and describe the man
2: seen running from Christine's barn, they catch a lucky break. Neighbors give them a name, Javon Bennett. And when they
6: describe Javon, it sure sounds like
2: police are on the right track.
6: Javon Bennett was African-American, stocky and had a round face. My reaction was an initial excitement. Maybe we're going to wrap this up quickly. And neighbors have no trouble directing police to Javon's apartment. But when
2: investigators stop by, hoping to bring him down to the station for a chat, he's not home. New Jersey State Police can't help wondering whether they're finally on the scent of Christine's killer. And if they are, did Javon act alone? or was he in league with Christine's husband? Wantage, New Jersey may be no more than a speck on the map, but that's not why visitors often think they're lost when they end up here.
4: A lot of times, the first thing they ask is, are we still in New Jersey? Because it's so rural. They always hear about the industrial big cities where where we are, it's definitely rural, laid back, a lot of farmlands, very peaceful. But
2: no one's feeling too peaceful the day after Christine Sherman is found murdered inside her very own horse barn, as her friend Ginny Littell recalls.
3: Well, when the news started to travel, as it did, it was like disbelief. I mean, you can imagine, total disbelief. How could that happen few feet from her home?
2: Good thing the New Jersey State Police canines have steered detectives to a possible suspect, Javon Bennett. According to neighbors, Javon bears a resemblance to the man seen running from the Sherman's barn. And while Officer Andrzejczyk didn't find Javon at his own apartment, neighbors say he may be staying with some friends nearby. But before the officer heads over to pay them a visit, he stops to team up with a brother in blue. With 25 years experience, Detective Jack Repshaw has always wanted to lace on police boots. In fact, it was once his birthday wish. I came on the New Jersey State
5: Police just shy of my 21st birthday. So I was really just out of college. I would often laugh to people. It was the only job I ever had for most of my adult life. And the detective
2: does his job well. Before he and Detective Andrzejczyk go looking for Javon Bennett, Repshaw runs Javon's name through the system, and he gets a hit.
5: Javon Bennett's involvement with the police prior to this had been for some petty offenses, things such as burglaries, narcotics offenses, and such.
2: But he's also delinquent on child support. So between that and his drug habit, maybe he needed money. And Christine was the victim of a robbery gone wrong. The detectives make a beeline to Javon's friend, Lauren Sam's house. Lauren confirms that he stopped by about 9 o'clock last night. And she and a few friends thought something
6: just didn't seem right. He was sweaty, he appeared disheveled, and he was exhibiting a behavior that they didn't feel was normal. So that added to our suspicion that, that he may have been involved in this. The friends assumed Javon was just warm
2: after walking the few blocks to their place on a muggy September night. But detectives have a feeling Javon may have been up to no good at the Sherman's farm.
5: If somebody had run from the crime scene and had committed such a horrendous crime, all of that could bring pressures and stress. That could account for somebody being, again, nervous and sweating profusely. And then Lawrence says Javon did something even stranger. She would mentioned that he wanted to make a, a phone call and left the apartment that evening, and she thought it was unusual because she had a telephone in the apartment. Javon's friend
2: hasn't seen hide nor hair of him since. It sure seems to detectives he's involved in some way. But they don't want to jump to conclusions just yet. I think you just have to take it piece by piece. The mindset is to
5: just either rule this person in or rule this person out with facts. You know, not opinions,
2: not theories, with facts. If Javon's motive was money, maybe he was scoping out the Sherman's property when Christine walked in and surprised him. Or maybe he was paid by Doc Sherman as a hitman. No matter what Javon's M.O. is, the search dogs have given police every reason to believe he was on the property on the night in question.
5: It could be anything like a murder for hire. There's just a multitude of scenarios that, that could be involved with this.
2: Only Javon can say for sure, and police finally track him down outside a local convenience store. When they ask him to come to the police barracks to answer a few questions, he seems more than willing to cooperate. But once under the police spotlight, he gets the jitters.
5: When we first began speaking to him, he was uh, nervous, as anybody would be to be in a police station speaking to police about such a serious matter. Javon swears
2: he didn't know Christine or any of the Shermans, let alone ever visit their barn. But he does tell police that he's an avid walker, often trekking through the
6: woods near the Sherman's place. The fact that Javon Bennett was familiar with the area, in addition to matching the physical description of a potential suspect, gave further credence into us taking a good hard look at him. So police checked Javon's shoes
2: hoping for a match to the prince left at the Sherman's farm. But they strike out. However, they do find that while Javon was at his friend's house for part of last night, he can't explain where he was during the fateful hour when Christine was killed. So police keep pressing him. And that's when his blood pressure starts to rise. He did become agitated and upset
5: with having to go over the details again or being asked to go into greater detail about
2: some of the things he had told us. Even though detectives are convinced Javon played some role in Christine's murder, they can't get him to crack.
6: We were upset. It meant we had to go back to square one, and that's tough. Good thing
2: is, since Javon's delinquent on child support, police have reason to keep him off the street.
5: Although Javon Bennett could not be ruled in or ruled out, As the murderer of Christine Sherman, he was charged with some unrelated charges.
2: Detective Andrzejczyk is aware he has a long road ahead of him. So
6: he decides to take a quick detour. My way of relaxing outside of the job, and it's been for a number of years, is motorcycle riding. And it's the simple pleasures of motorcycling that drives this detective. The nice thing about my motorcycle is there's no electronics on it. There's no radio, there's no cell phone. It's just a motorcycle, and the only thing I hear is is the wind. Some of my best thinking gets done just, just driving the bike around. But even this easy rider
2: can't quite
6: bring himself to leave the office in his rearview mirror. I have a unique um, motorcycle in the fact that it's a Harley-Davidson Road King, but it's actually a, a police motorcycle that I was able to buy and has the red lights removed from it. But it is kind of fun driving around on a police motorcycle. And when this detective is having some fun off the
2: job, his mind is never off duty. And two weeks after Christine's murder, a call from her husband, Alan, kicks this case
5: into overdrive. Investigators were contacted by Dr. Sherman, who indicated uh, he had received a anonymous telephone call in the middle of the night from
2: somebody who he described as having a Midwestern accent. Alan Sherman says the caller demanded money in exchange for inside information about his wife's killer.
6: But detectives can't help but wonder if the call even took place. At that point in the investigation, Dr. Sherman had still not been ruled out as a suspect. And one side of me said that this was Dr. Sherman trying to create some kind of red herring for us to chase down and to take our view off of him as a potential suspect. Is Christine's widower up to an underhanded scheme? Or is the caller
2: legit and about to take the doctor off the hook for good? Hiking Sunrise Mountain is a favorite pastime for the folks of Wantage, New Jersey. But two weeks after Christine Sherman's murder,
4: locals feel like they've been caught in a landslide of a different kind. When something like that happens, everybody takes a double look and kind of realizes sometimes I shouldn't really let my guard down. Luckily, detectives have just landed
2: a new lead that came right from Christine's husband. But at the moment, it has them baffled. Dr. Sherman claims he just received the strangest
6: call from a man who refused to give his name. The caller said that he could provide Dr. Sherman with information as to who killed his wife um, in return for some some monetary exchange. Dr. Sherman says the man
2: claims that his roommate killed Christine, and he swears he knows all about what went down at the farm that night. From how Christine was positioned
6: to what was in the barn fridge. The caller described to the doctor that there was a refrigerator in the barn and that there was beer in the barn. And I think the number of beers or the type of beer was discussed. The caller had information about the crime scene that the general public didn't have. Christine's husband can't shake the feeling that the caller is really the killer and that
2: his so-called roommate doesn't even exist. But detectives are wondering whether Doc Sherman himself made up the call. Maybe he's trying to pull a fast one to throw them off his trail. So police immediately check his
6: phone records and find out that the call seems legit. We were not able to identify who the caller was, but we were able to determine that the call came from a payphone in West Orange, New Jersey. A town just one hour from Wantage.
2: Do detectives finally have a line on Christine's killer? They ring up their counterparts in West Orange, who trace the call to a payphone located on a main street near a church. The investigators
5: went to that area and checked out that payphone and made a survey of the foot traffic who
2: lived around there. Nothing turns up. But the West Orange boys in blue agreed to keep an eye on the payphone in case the phantom caller shows his face. However, as days turn to weeks and weeks turn to months, Dr. Sherman doesn't hear back from the man who knew so much about his barn. And with no other suspects in sight, detectives have no choice but to put the case on the back burner. We were getting frustrated, we weren't we weren't solving it. Luckily for detectives, close to three months after Christine's murder, another call comes in that lights a fire under this simmering case. A sexton of a church called the West Orange Police Orange, where they lead. Seems the caretaker has a line on a guy who sounds mighty suspicious.
6: And oddly enough, he got the lead from a television show. There was a murder that took place in Missouri, and the case was put on America's Most Wanted. And the individual who committed that murder, James Henry Hampton, was identified as living in a church in West Orange. Could this wanted Missouri murderer possibly have some connection to Christine's
2: killing? Is 54-year-old James Hampton the one who placed the call to Dr. Sherman? It's possible. According to West Orange Police, after all, the payphone is just feet away from the church. The information
5: just came out of the blue, as it does sometimes with these cases, and I just really, really felt uh, that we had gotten our first big break in this case.
2: With a hot new lead, the New Jersey State Police make a call of their own to Assistant Prosecutor Michael Briegel. With 26 years' experience, Michael knows there's pressure to solve the case in this rural
8: county. We had a killer that was still out there on the loose. A lot of people that had horse farms were concerned. People were afraid to go to their own barns at night. And their fear is justified. When Briegel
2: gets the dirt on Hampton, he learns just what type of criminal he's dealing with.
8: If he were in a fight, he was either going to kill or be killed. There was no give up in James Henry Hampton.
2: And that's not all. Hampton's alleged Missouri victim, Francis Keaton, was a well-to-do woman he tried to ransom and then killed.
8: He was very impatient, and there was no payment of ransom money within, I believe, 12 hours or so. And so James Hampton killed her and buried her in a shallow grave on the horse farm.
2: Did he have the same designs on Christine Sherman? Was he in her barn that night hoping to kidnap her when things went wrong? As suspicious as Hampton sounds, there's a catch. He just doesn't match the description of the man police have been looking for.
5: James Hampton was a 50-something-year-old white male, did not match the description of the suspect seen running
2: from the barn. And when police talked to the church caretaker, he says Hampton's been a model citizen while living at the rectory. Uh, he was a handyman.
5: He was good with carpentry, with locks, and he had helped around the rectory. He had laid some carpet, done some repairs, and made himself useful living at that uh, rectory. So
2: police want to find Hampton, and luckily, they don't have to look far because they spot him walking near the infamous payphone. The West Orange Police Department
5: discovered James Hampton walking down Northfield Avenue in West Orange.
2: But when Hampton sees the red and blues approaching, this alleged fugitive has no desire to give up peacefully. Without warning, Hampton does the unthinkable. In the course of the
5: arrest, uh, James Hampton was being frisked and handcuffed.
2: He pulled a revolver from his waistband. But if Hampton plans on going down with guns blazing, police have other ideas. They jump James in the blink of an eye. And as they do, there's a blinding flash. After three months of searching, this twist in the case couldn't be more of a shocker. Three months after Christine Sherman was murdered in her own barn, all eyes are on a hot new suspect. 54-year-old James Hampton, a wanted man who was turned in by a good Samaritan. But this career con didn't go down without a fight. His itchy trigger finger went off when the West Orange police cornered him outside his holy hideout. The gun went off and the bullet entered under
5: his chin and exited out the top of his forehead. He lived, as often
2: happens with some of these evil people. Was Hampton trying to shoot police when his gun accidentally discharged? Or was he trying to kill himself?
6: Detectives have their opinions. He was going to pull that gun out and try to fight it out and flee. I think he was looking to create an opportunity so he can escape. And police know when a suspect runs, he's usually guilty of something. While
2: Hampton is rushed to the hospital, investigators don't know yet if he's good for the murder of Francis Keaton in Missouri but when police check out his gun on the ground it looks like they may finally have a sure shot at catching Christine's killer
5: there was a 38 caliber colt detective special revolver the state police detective was aware that a 38 caliber revolver was used in Christine Sherman's
6: murder finally detectives can start connecting the dots he was found in possession of a Colt 38 caliber handgun, and it was relatively close to the payphone where the call originated to Dr. Sherman's house. So now we have a murderer from Missouri arrested within feet of the payphone, which involves our case, and he's found in possession of the same type of weapon that was used in our, in our murder. So clearly we had a lead now to follow. While Hampton is drifting in and out of consciousness, police check the rectory where he's been living.
2: And when they do, they find a treasure trove of evidence that makes them think James Hampton is not only the mystery caller, but also the mystery killer, the person seen fleeing from Christine Sherman's barn.
5: In the pocket of one of his coats was a black ski mask with the eye holes cut out. And we feel very strongly that
2: he had had that ski mask on. That explains why Dr. Sherman's staff thought they saw an African-American on the night of the murder. But that's not the only evidence police find that links James Hampton to the crime. Inside his closet is a pair of boots that match the footprint found outside the barn where Christine was killed,
6: and near the boots, is the sweetest piece of evidence yet. Uh, Candy found in James Henry Hampton's room matched the the type of candy that was found uh, on the Sherman farm following the, the homicide. Christine's husband also identifies the
2: voice from the phone call he received as Hampton's. Police have no shortage of evidence against James Hampton. And once he's finally recovered from his injuries two weeks later, detectives head to the hospital to speak to the fugitive about his involvement in the Christine Sherman case and the murder in Missouri as well. But James isn't about to roll over that fast. James Hanton was a
5: hardened career criminal and knew his way around the legal system, and he wasn't about to provide any information that would be useful in his conviction.
6: He maintained his innocence. He, He threw up false alibis. He came up with bogus stories. James tells so many different stories, it makes the detectives
2: dizzy. One version of his alibi has him in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania at the time of Christine's murder, 50 miles west of her home in New Jersey. So he couldn't have committed the crime. It looks like police are going to have to prove Hampton's guilt in a court of law. And assistant prosecutor Michael Briegel is ready to do just that.
8: The value of human life meant nothing to him. You have an individual that is that dangerous who has been committing crime after crime from the time he was 16.
2: To Briegel, Hampton had only one reason to kill Christine,
8: money. We had no real motive evidence that I could present before the jury other than he was there to commit some type of a theft crime. Briegel isn't surprised that James is suspected of
2: going after well-to-do Frances Keaton in Missouri, breaking into her home and kidnapping her in front of her fiancé.
8: He was demanding ransom money, thinking that she was wealthy and that her family would come up with money.
2: But when they don't pay up in time, James kills her. And while Francis was bludgeoned to death, not shot like Christine, Briegel still thinks James is probably behind the Sherman killing, lured again by the prospect of easy money.
8: Given what we knew from the Missouri homicide, I think his plan was to kidnap somebody of wealth in a rural community and demand ransom money.
2: But since James still swears he didn't do it, police need hard evidence. Luckily, the crime lab comes back with some crucial information about this bad boy's gun.
8: The ballistics evidence showed that that indeed was the firearm that was utilized to kill Christine Sherman. And
2: in July of 1994, less than two years after Christine's murder, James Hampton is found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. But that's not the only punishment James receives. He's later given a death sentence for the murder of Francis Keaton in Missouri.
8: I come across very few persons who are truly evil to the core, and I think James Henry Hampton is the most evil person that I ever had to prosecute in over 25 years of being a prosecutor.
2: There's just one question that remains. What happened on the night of the murder? Based on the evidence, police think it went something like this. Just a month after killing his Missouri victim, James Hampton is still out looking for some fast cash. While on the run and hiding out in the Jersey church shelter, he zeroes in on the Shermans. And while police aren't sure how he ended up in Wantage, over an hour away from the rectory where he was staying, detectives think he targeted the Sherman farm for a couple of reasons.
8: Hampton, I think, assumed that the medical doctor would be wealthy. The fact that the doctor had a a horse farm would show that he had some income.
2: So James cases the farm for days, waiting for the chance to rob Christine and her husband blind. But on that fateful Tuesday night, his plans go awry.
8: It just so happened that when he was in the barn surveilling how he was going to carry out his plan, that Christine Sherman surprised him. And unfortunately, he killed her because he did not want to get caught.
6: There was not a lot of interaction between the two. I think he pulled out a gun and quickly shot and killed her. But James doesn't stop there. Detectives believe he then searches the barn for something to steal. He continued to, to look through the barn. He looked in the refrigerator at one point because he, in his phone call, he talks about beer being in the refrigerator. Weeks after the murder, James uses this intimate knowledge of the barn in an attempt to extort money from Dr. Sherman. To go a step further to, to torment the victim's family uh, by making a phone call and trying to extort money out of the victim's family after he killed Christine Sherman is just, uh, it's unbelievable too chicken to go through with his extortion scheme, James ducks back into the church shelter, never thinking anyone would figure out he did it. James Henry Hampton was a stone-cold killer. He killed a woman in Missouri, it appears for some type of extortion. He killed Christine Sherman when he didn't have to kill her. And if there's any justice in this world, his phone call trying to extort money ultimately led to his capture.
2: One thing's for certain, the world is a better place without this two-time murderer walking the streets. I think there are, they're just predators
5: and evil people walking among us. And uh, the only thing we could do is just
2: be careful, take precautions, and that's it. And even though Christine's good friend, Ginny Latell is relieved that James Hampton can no longer hurt anyone, she still misses her dear friend.
3: You could always call Chris and you wouldn't even get the words out to ask her to help when she said, what do you need? That's what I miss the most.
7: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,